Yes, it is the APC podcast once again from AcmePackingCompany.com, part of SB Nation, talking Green Bay Packers all day, every day. Zach Rapport here at Zach Rapport on Twitter. Follow the show at the APC pod. Fun stuff for you this week. We are actually going to have two previews of Packers Buccaneers in our feed this week. Look out on Friday night and Saturday morning for a second episode. Our APC buddy, Paul Noonan, who also does the Reporting as Eligible podcast, a great listen for Packers fans. By the way, uh, Paul did a guest spot with the Bucks Nation guys at SB Nation, and so we will tee that up for you here as well. Some extra pre-game content to chew on. But today... It was our supreme pleasure, Alex and myself, to be joined by Gene Thomas from the Buck What You Heard podcast. Uh, Somehow we just keep finding awesome, awesome guests. So excited to share this with you guys, uh, which I will do right now. Enjoy. The number you dialed is... All right, everybody, with the Packers set to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we are happy to be joined now by Gene Thomas, podcasting about all things Buccaneers for BucksReport.com. Buck What You Heard is the show, at Buck What You Heard on Twitter. Gene, man, thanks so much for joining us. How you doing today? Bro, this is is like deja vu. I remember, you know, the Green Bay Packers were the division rivals for a long time, man. You faced them two times out of the year, once at Lambeau and once at... Houlihan or Raymond James, depending on, you know, where you came in as a, a fan. So this is exciting to get to actually talk to some former division rivals. Those I remember those Favre SAP rivalry games very well from my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Why don't we get right into it and talk about, I think the, the biggest thing, the, the biggest topic that comes to mind, at least for Packers fans looking from the outside um, looking into Tampa Bay is Tom Brady, of course, the acquisition of the future Hall of Famer. We got to start with Tom Brady. How could we not? Gene, what I'm really interested in to start um, is uh, this is a little bit more narrative driven, but your opinion has your opinion or perception of Tom Brady, either the quarterback or the dude, changed since he joined the team and you're now rooting for him? <laughs> 100%. Uh- uh, as you know, we talked about this division, former division rival. We moved over to the NFC South. I hate the Atlanta Falcons more than anybody <laughs> else. And so when Tom Brady had that, you know, monster comeback and they just pretty much humiliated and destroyed that franchise, <laughs> uh, I was, I was good with that. I was good with that. Um, when, when Tom Brady came to Tampa, I was indifferent basically because I, I'm want wins. I, I want to see wins over losses. I want a quarterback that can come in and, you know, help this team drive down the field and win. They, they want them to win games. And I felt like a lot of what he brought to the table uh, as a leader and as a, a field general, I, I felt like that would help this team, especially with the wide receiver core that you're looking at with Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Uh, you know, I know we lost, uh, you know, the Bucks lost OJ Howard, but you have players like Cameron Brate. Uh, Ronald Jones, the uh, wide, the uh, running back, and just a, a just a, a different group of players that you know I felt like Tom Brady can just help them to 
succeed after getting to watch him after the first couple of games. So I'm definitely on board with Tom Brady being a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Yeah. And, and uh, I wanted to say too, I mean, I, that seems to me like a perfect marriage and I, I don't know if this is hyperbole or not. I, I'm curious if you agree. I mean, they are your squad, but um, outside of the 16 and 0 season with Randy Moss, this might be actually the most talent that Tom Brady has ever played with collectively. Like he always had Gronk. He had Randy Moss, but the combination of Godwin, Evans, and a couple of you know threats at tight end, um, to me, it's like exactly what he needed in the twilight of his career. Um, do, do you feel like this is the most talented Bucks team that, that you've seen in I don't know how long? Yeah, I, I would have to say that it is. I would even include, well, I mean, if you're just talking offense, let's stick to the yeah, offensive sorry. side of the ball. Uh, yeah, I, I would say that it is. I mean, I would put this against Brad Johnson and the uh, Super Bowl Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they went out and won, just because you look at the level of talent that they have. Uh, the one thing that does concern me is the offensive line. Just getting consistency from that offensive line has been a huge, I, I don't know, a huge problem for me. And this has been over the past few years. Uh, just getting that consistency, getting those guys working together as a unit to uh, protect the quarterback and keep him upright. Because I feel like if Tom Brady can be kept upright, uh, he can do a lot of damage to the uh, to the def- the opposing defense. Yeah, certainly. Um, does does his uh, lack of mobility uh, combined with an offensive line that's still a work in progress? I mean, does that concern you long term, or do you look at it more like? Well, there's not necessarily a pass rush in the NFC right now that scares me that much. Um, you know, with the Niners being kind of banged up and some of these stalwarts that have been there. The NFC feels like it's there for the taking in terms of like the teams that really get after the quarterback. You know, uh, it's interesting you say that. Uh, when I take a step back and look at the the NFC as a whole and you look at COVID-19, we are living in unprecedented times right now where you didn't have OTAs. You did not have. Uh, mini camp. You didn't have rookie camp. Uh, you didn't have preseason. You had basically uh, you start your product off game one. These are preseason games that count as regular season games, in my opinion. So you're you're talking about a brand new quarterback coming to a brand new system, getting to know players that he's never worked with before. Uh, when you look at 20 years in um, or about 20 years in in New England, where everything he he had his comfort zone. So. Uh, I feel like once you get that cohesion, once you get, and I believe that the Bucks will come to that, uh, I feel like Tom Brady will come into his own and he'll be able to work with the talent that he has. I believe that this is a team that can go to the playoffs. Yeah, I want to talk about, uh, <laughs> I hate to dwell on a sore subject here, but oh, um, no, you're fine. <laughs> we've talked a lot on our show about whether or not we as Packers fans believe that the Bears are for real. Obviously, Tampa loses a close game to Chicago. I think many people had the Bucs um, winning that game. Gene, what happened against the Bears? Uh, the Bucs self-destructed. I saw a lot of undisciplined play. I saw a lot of, of penalties. And not to take anything away from the Chicago Bears, but there were opportunities where the Bucs had momentum and they were driving down the field. Uh, you get one penalty. And I don't mind penalties. Penalties don't bother me. It's where penalties occur. That's what bothers me. And you've got a nice drive going and you get a holding penalty. It takes you back 10 yards. Then you get a personal foul penalty that takes you back 15 yards. So you're going the opposite direction of where you need to be going. 
And I feel like this was one of those games. And I think this game for green against green Bay is going to be a measuring stick as to where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are. You're talking about a, a team in green Bay that is a cohesive unit and they've been playing like that. Uh, this last game against Atlanta, I know it didn't look like it, but you had a lot of players that stepped up that you weren't expecting to step up. So uh, again, this is a game that uh, when I go back to the Chicago bears game, just for a second here, um, this is a game the Bucks should have won. They should have won. I mean, they, they abandoned the run in the second half. Um, just the whole dynamic change from the Bucks coming out and punching the Chicago bears in the mouth to coming back and playing not to lose in the second half. And I think that played a huge factor along with uh, a lot of undisciplined plays and uh, a lack of execution. So less the bears are for real and more the Bucks shot themselves in the foot. <laughs> I am so looking forward to Green Bay versus Chicago. That will be uh, that will be the game, and I think it will answer all the questions. I'm not a huge Nick Foles fan. Um, I I have not been. I think he's a a serviceable quarterback, but at the end of the day, I think there are quarterbacks out there that can do more with what they have. And it, it, I will be more than happy to come on this show and admit that I was wrong at the end of the season. But just what I see from him. I just feel like the Buccaneers beat themselves and uh, you know, that's a game they should have won. Yeah. There was something about that year with Doug Peterson. It's like, it doesn't matter who you plug. Cause Carson Wentz has never been the same either. It's like, he was on pace to be an MVP. Then Nick Foles slots in and is winning a Super Bowl, And neither of them, I don't think will ever look the way they looked that year. And the Eagles haven't either. There was just like that magic. That yeah. year with Doug it, Peterson, it was a perfect gone. storm where everything came together. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I, before we get into a little bit more about this game specifically, I do find it interesting to talk to other, uh, you know, other fan bases, especially ones who are super relevant in the NFC playoff picture, like the Bucks are now. Just, you know, personally, I, I, I don't wish injury on anybody, but the fact that the Niners are kind of decimated to me feels like, all right, that, that roadblock is gone. Um, so for Bucks fans, like, I'm wondering who you think, like, who's the team standing in Tom Brady's way from making uh, a big playoff run? Like, we'd be crazy to make any definitive statements after five weeks, but at the same time... The New Orleans Saints. Really? Yes. Even though they look super vulnerable? Uh, For some reason, and I I think, again, this is one of those perfect storms. You've got a coach, and you've got a quarterback, and I I think they have a system where if everybody's healthy, especially on offensively, uh, I think they they gutted out and win games. That Chargers game, they should not have won that Chargers game. No. For all intensive purposes, there is no way in outside of 2020 that you know the the that the New Orleans Saints win that game. And what they did was they were consistent. They went down the field. They worked with what has got them to where they are. And what you have to consider is they've consistently been in the playoffs every year. And and whether you like it or not, the New Orleans Saints are the team to beat in the NFC in the NFC total uh, until, you know, somebody beats them or or, or gets them out or whatever. Um, I would have to say that Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints and uh, Sean Payton and, and just that that team is the team to beat, to be very honest. Wow. Yeah, we had a conversation about like tiers and, and whether or not the Packers are a tier one team in the NFL right now. I have to say they are. Yeah, I, I would think so. 
they're they're going out they're beating teams and when when you look at this team there are players that have stepped up uh you know especially for and let's let's talk about green bay uh you you have your your core players your aaron Rodgers, your adams uh there are players like Lindsley, uh, your center. Uh, I did not expect to see Lindsley playing the way he's been playing, and he's winning one-on-one matchups. This guy is somebody that, you know, if I looked at Green Bay beginning of the season, and, and I, I, he's not a name that I would have thrown out there, but he's upped his game. I think your offensive line has done a great job protecting uh, Aaron Rodgers and put him in a position where he can win. So, Again, there's a there are no, there's another team that I would consider uh, very formidable when you talk about the NFC. Yeah, the offensive line has certainly been a surprise to all of us. I mean, I think when they let Brian Bulaga walk and and, and had some injuries at the beginning of the season, uh, Corey Lindsley. Corey Lindsley. That's yes. his name. Yep, um, he's been outstanding. But um, I, I think it's come as a shock to all of us. The other shock to us uh, as Packers fans and Zach, you'll get a kick out of this. I actually work with. Uh, a Packers fan who I hadn't seen in seven months until today when I finally went into the office. And the first thing he said to me is, man, when's the last time you saw Aaron Rodgers throw to open receivers? And I'm like, maybe four <laughs> years ago until this yeah. year. Like, just like yeah. running, guys running These guys wide are open, open. man. <laughs> wide open. Robert Tanyan, wide open. You know? To be uh, very honest, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I think your schemes change a little. Your offensive schemes change a little bit from what you guys have been running over the past few years. Yeah, I think I, I think the talk about the Matt LaFleur offense kind of still not even being fully integrated in year one with Rodgers uh, is real. When you get a year of, of that under your belt in, in real time, I think that cho- totally changes the dynamic. I think that Aaron Rodgers is comfortable in this new offense, or I wouldn't say new offense, but year removed. And, and I think that he's, he's making the most out of it. Yeah, certainly feels like it. He's at, he's at a comfort level that, that makes me think about those three letters, the MVP kind of, you know, he's, <laughs> he's not pressured. He's throwing open guys. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, you watch him against Atlanta and there were times where he was getting up off the ground and I'm like, he's like, eh, whatever. And he goes out there <laughs> and he just, he just shreds the the defense. So uh, he scares me. I mean, again, this Green Bay Packers team, uh, I don't think we've scratched the surface. If they can stay healthy, uh, they will be formidable for the, the rest of the season and on into the playoffs. I think cool is a good word for him. Uh, one of our co-hosts, Ben, frequently talks about how if oh, he Joe feels cool. if he feels nervous in the game, he'll just look at Rodgers and Rodgers <laughs> will just have this like Zen-like, I got it under control vibe. And then he as a fan feels better. Dude, all you, all you got to do is if you're watching it on uh, your, your TiVo in it or whatever, you just pause it and look at his facial expressions. This guy... <laughs> There's no worry whatsoever in his face. Just press yeah. pause and take a deep breath. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he's getting hit and smiling. That's comforting. He's he's usually getting hit and getting really angry. <laughs> that's, that's not the case this year. Guys, I want to put this out there. What is your injury report looking like? I mean, how are you guys, how are the Green Bay Packers looking going into this team? Because I looked at the injury report and most of the guys are uh, limited practice. And, and that's a positive sign. There may be like one or two that were uh, didn't practice. But for the most part, you guys are in a great position at, uh, you know, one quarter of the way into the season. Yeah, uh, certainly. And I, it's refreshing because I usually hate the early season by, but they've got, 
what feels like almost their whole squad back in going into a game that uh, I agree with you, even from the Packers perspective is a measuring stick game, I think, um, because looking at what's happened to Atlanta um, and then the Vikings, like I, I feel like the Packers haven't beaten anybody. But uh, Zach, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Adam Adams is going to be a go. Rashawn Gary returned uh, one of our outside linebackers. Kenny Clark. Um, Kenny Clark is back, which helps on run defense where the Packers are cert- super vulnerable. Uh, I think it's mostly clean, honestly. Uh, a lot of limited participants with guys who were held out. Yeah, because Devontae Adams was dealing with a hamstring injury. And, you know, the the one thing that I, I will kind of go back to this, and, and if I can just take a second to get on my soapbox here, uh, the NFL should have done a better job of, of preparing their product for regular season. I feel like the NFL should have pushed the season back. Uh, there are so many soft tissue injuries that I'm seeing. There are so many season ending injuries. I mean, you look at, look at Arizona with Chandler Jones, season ending surgery. These are things that I felt like could have been avoided. If you push the season back, have a couple of preseason games. I know you're going to have injuries in the NFL, but I do not believe that it would be to the level of where it is right now. Uh, Players that are just, you know, getting getting these freak injuries. And um, I think you have a better product. And, uh, you know, I think this makes the NFL look like it does protect the shield a little bit more. I'll get off my soapbox. Now. <laughs> We're a soapbox friendly show, man. <laughs> do what you got to do. <laughs> well, I, I agree with you. And speaking of injuries on the other side, I mean, you guys have <laughs> have been bit a little bit by the injury bug early. But I saw good news this week. It looks like. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, Sean McCoy, uh, Sean McCoy, and I think a few others back at practice after missing time. Do you expect any of those guys to um, actually suit up, be well, and, and be difference makers on Sunday? I I really hope for uh, Chris Godwin. Uh, Chris Godwin is a difference maker. Uh, I don't care who's who's uh, who he's who's on him. Uh, I feel like this guy is. It, it's crazy when you have two number one receivers in your wide receiver core. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if too many other teams in the NFL that have that have that capacity. Uh, when these guys are 100% healthy, and I'm talking about Mike Evans, and I'm talking about Chris Godwin, uh, you you have a very formidable offense right there. And we haven't even talked about Scotty Miller, who I've, I really feel like uh, Tom Brady has a real good connection with. Just like uh, when Jameis Winston was the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, he had uh, Adam Humphreys, who's over in uh, Tennessee right now. I feel like, uh, you know, when you look at uh, Tom Brady, I think he has a great comfort level with with um, Scotty Miller. And I think he's a guy that gets overlooked a lot of times in the NFL. But I think that he's going to going to make some plays uh, that on on the uh, when you talk about the tight end core, you look at uh, Cameron Bray and, um, you know, some of the other some of the other tight ends and in, in your wide receivers. Uh, again, if everybody's healthy, I think this is like pick your poison uh, and it's going to be it's going to require a lot of execution for a defense to really be able to rein this in. Uh, it must be nice to have two number ones for many years. Packers would tell you they had one number one and like four yeah. threes and a four. <laughs> well, I mean, just to have just to have multiple receivers who were drafted on day one or two of the draft, even. I mean, I, I always looked at the Bucks skill position. Uh, group in the past couple of years as what all Packers fans wish they had with Aaron Rodgers. Like, <laughs> and how dare Packers you besmirch really Jeff job. Janice's name? <laughs> they, how dare you? 
they've done a good job building the team in other areas, and clearly that it's been effective. I mean, Matt Lafleur has only lost four games, uh, three regular season, and and one playoff in in his coaching career there. But in terms of like the fun we want to have as fans, we want to take your skill position group and plug our quarterback into it and see what happens. Like that's my dream. <laughs> but but you guys are you guys are very fortunate to have. Uh, Hall of Fame, continuous Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you think about Brett Favre, and then from Brett Favre, you go to Joe Cool, and, you know, you don't miss a beat. I mean, how many, I mean, spoiled. how many, we're spoiled. Teams, how many, how many teams in the NFL can say that they had that? I mean, if you take a step back, take a step back and look at the NFL as a whole, and you look at all these teams and their, their quarterback situations, I mean, when I look at Cleveland, I'm like, geez, man, I, I couldn't even <laughs> imagine Cleveland. Yeah. And then, then you look at um, even, I, I would even say, I, I guess the closest thing I can come to is maybe the Colts. Yeah. Me. Yeah. With, with and, Peyton Manning and then going to Andrew Luck. And, and I think Luck still just, you know, with the early retirement and the injuries he faced and the fact that they could never give him an offensive line. Um, I don't even know if you could put it in that. Ca- I, I feel like you have to go back to the transition from Montana to Steve Young to even really compare in terms of back-to-back hall of fame guys um yeah it's super rare we're fortunate uh that's not lost on us at all yeah, <laughs> and we feel yeah. like we're gonna have to pay for it with decades of of pain later on but but it's funny that you mentioned the offensive line alex because they, they they have gone the packers have gone from one hall of fame quarterback to another and with a few notable exceptions for the most part have maintained pretty damn good offensive line play for that entire stretch a couple years here or there um, and of course, every year, Alex, you and I are talking about, you know, which random position is going to be a disaster. And then they fall ass backwards into someone who can play the position. And, and you know, it's we're doing fine back there. <laughs> we're, doing fine. <laughs> we're spoiled. We know we get it. We're not, you know, no delusions. And, and I have to I have to kind of throw this in there. A, a real good friend of mine. He's a huge Packers fan. He got to go to Lambeau and actually got to go to a game before he passed away. And he brought me this Lambeau T-shirt. And I've never gotten rid of it. And I'm like conflicted. But I have this from Lambeau Field. He actually went to the gift shop and and brought me a shirt back from Lambeau Field. And as many fights as I've been into, and I will tell you, I've been into fights with Packer fans uh, walking out of the game and they say something and it just gets heated. And from there, it just escalates. Um, That was one of my favorite rivalries was it's always been the Green Bay Packers. So. Uh, but I just I wanted to put that out there because, you know, it's it's like I, I love this team. I mean, if you're a, a fan of football. You look at football as a whole. I love the rivalry with the Green Bay Packers. I really just I just did. And I don't know. Yeah. I, the Battle of the Bays, man, it was always like it was always Madden and some were all on the call. And now this yep. time around, it's uh, I know it's a 425. Please don't say Joe Buck. Oh, yeah. Ga- game it's of the Bucktown, week. Yeah, baby. So it's, it's Joe Buck, uh, it's Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Man. Jesus um, Christ, man. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to this whole game with the with the volume down. Uh Oh, not a fan. Uh, uh, Packers fans. He's very polarizing. Um, no, he's I, polar. Polar, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever we're going to call him. <laughs> you do not like him. <laughs> I do it. not. I mean, the fact this, he sums up 2020 to me. I mean, Joe Buck in the NFL Hall of Fame sums up 2020 for me. <laughs> <laughs> that was the icing on the cake. The fact that you have to mention this guy in the NFL Hall of Fame. And 
I'm sorry. There are other announcers that I, I, I like, I like, um, who's our, uh, Tony Romo. I would take Tony Romo over Joe Buck just because of his analytics and how he breaks down a play. I, I would take that over listening to Joe Buck. I feel like Tony Romo is one of those guys who it's like Aaron Rodgers where a couple years into the career, you're just like, oh, that person's a Hall of Famer. You can you can tell. Tony Romo will get <laughs> yeah. that. He's that good. <laughs> yeah, he's that guy. My favorite thing about Romo, this is a total aside, but you can tell that he was so used to getting a play in his headset and saying the play in the huddle that now you literally can know what the producers for CBS are saying because he just says it. I yeah. was watching the game the other day. And he's mid sentence, and he just goes, "Oh, we got the State Farm read, the State Farm read, Jim." It's like, <laughs> it's like dude, you're not calling plays anymore. Nobody's supposed to repeat what's coming into your headset. Um, uh, it's pretty wild. But uh, all right, so so Vegas has the Packers as of now as a one point favorite. I think I saw. Yeah, um, I think didn't they 54. start the week as three point dogs? Did I make that? They up? were down. They yeah, were, I thought switched. they were like one point dogs. That's what I remember. This one's gonna move a lot. I don't think a lot of people know what to make of it. I saw the over under is at fifty four, uh, so I think they're expecting points, which will be really fun and a close game. So, what are you expecting? To be very honest, I, I kind of had to wait and see who's healthy and who's not. Uh, the loss of Vita Vea in in the middle, uh, he was a huge run stopper and. When he was drafted, I mean, he totally changed the the defensive line as a whole. So uh, I don't, and I'm sorry, I don't want this to sound like a cop-out. I don't know what to expect from this defense, this Buccaneers defense, going into this game against Aaron Rodgers and a very hot Green Bay Packers team. Uh, this could be one of those games, if they execute like they're supposed to, this could be a game that that stays in the in the mid twenties. Yeah, I think mid twenties. Um, I don't know if you agree, Zach. I think the Packers have started fast a lot, um, uh, which is kind of uncharacteristic of them. Yeah. Uh, as of late, so I can see them. I don't know. I, I I feel like I could see the Packers jumping out to a lead, but I cannot see them doing what they've done to most of their opponents this season, where you kind of feel like. All right, are the Falcons going to get back in this game? Are the Saints going to get back in this game? But like, the Packers have been uh, like Matt Lafleur likes to say, uh, "All gas, no break." So, uh, but I think the breaks might come on a little bit, and we might finally have a, a thrilling finish um, in this one. But healthy Packers team, I don't know. I, I I don't know if it's if it's being a homer or not to say. I feel like it would be a little bit of a disappointment for them not to not to to steal this one on the road. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think, um, you know, I think both of you have used the the phrase measuring stick um, in talking about this game. And I do think it's a measuring stick for both teams. I think um, I think the Packers win by a touchdown um, and that the result of the measuring stick is that the Packers are for real, which is not to say that that result means that the Bucks are not. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, this, th there's going to be a lot of games. I mean, we're just a quarter of the way into the season and what everybody has to keep in mind is that COVID-19 has made this to where these four games would normally be your, your preseason games. I think this first game going, uh, one game, game, uh, what was it? This game five going into maybe game eight is where you get an idea of what your team really is to be very honest. Yeah, we, we talked about that a lot in the lead up to the season, sort of the first four games being mystery meat in terms of 
uh, what you know what you could actually take away from it. And it's it seems like you know four weeks in. As Packers fans, you love that 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 they've won, and so we've kind of just forgotten about that. And we're like, oh yeah, they're good. But but let's not forget that a couple of weeks ago, you know, we were like, these first four weeks, we don't necessarily know what we can we can take from it. So a little bit of a reality check there, uh, Gene. One last thing here before we let you go. Um, on our show, we talk about the concept of a guy. Uh, in preseason, is training camp, whatever, you know, you just latch on to a day three or an undrafted dude and uh, you learn a fun fact about him and you just sort of root for him and follow him. Robert Tanyan is an example. He's been my guy for a couple seasons now. Happy to see him uh, start to get some success. Can you give our listeners a guy in Tampa um, that that you think that we can look out for on Sunday? Someone who doesn't get the name recognition, but maybe we'll see his his name flash and go like, hey, that's Gene's guy. Um, I'm going to put this out there. This may be a little bit of a twist here uh, because the Buccaneers have not won like uh, other teams have in the, in the past. I'm going to have to put this out here, Levante David. And I know you may have heard the name watch Levante David throughout the game. He's a guy who's underrated. Uh, and, and even though Luke Keekley, I know Luke Keekley retired. Uh, if you look at his stats, his stats are better than Luke Keekley's stats. But the fact that he's been on a team that has been pedestrian at the best, um, he's not getting the love that he deserves. But watch out for number 54, uh, Levante David. That's your guy to watch. That's my guy. You have a feeling that they'll uh, hear that name a lot with the way that the Packers like to sort of move the ball laterally. Yeah. 100%. This guy is, he has a nose for the ball and he, he can create turnovers. So, He's a guy that you need to watch for, and that's Levante David, number 54. I like that. A little bit of a chess match between he and Rodgers uh, in the game. It's going to be fun. Guys, I, I want to say this. Thank you so much for reaching out to me. I appreciate it. Um, I love podcasts. I've gotten away from the four-letter network, uh, the three-letter network, and, and a lot of the other guys. I feel like podcasters are more interested in what's going on. Uh, I don't want to say uh, grassroots. But grassroots would probably be the best way to put it uh, for your team. You guys actually have a legitimate invested interest in your team and you want to know what's going on and you're actually factual about what you're saying. So I appreciate you guys. I feel like podcasts are the way of the future. I think COVID has changed so much where you see a lot of these guys that were in the studio that are in their homes and you guys are doing it better. I appreciate you guys that are doing man. It way better, man. So Keep on doing what you're doing, and I appreciate you. You've got a fan now. I will continue to follow you guys even after this because, uh, you know, the, this is important to know what a team is really, what a team has going on, and I would trust you guys over some of the people that I listen to. I appreciate that. And, yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, I said you could get back on the soapbox whenever you wanted, so. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Same to you. All right, man. Well, after this game, good luck to you guys, but not this game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time. You know, love that we found someone else who fondly remembers the days of the battles of the Bays. Rogers, Brady, going to be a good one. Gene, be well. And thank you so much for your time, man. All right, fellas. Take it easy. All right, that is going to do it for us here. And a huge thank you once again to Gene Thomas. 
Uh, again, tune in in a day or so, eh, and uh, we will hit you with a second preview episode. Our guy, Paul Noonan, again, chatting with the Bucks Nation peeps, so look out for that real soon. Uh, please consider giving us a rating here on Apple Podcasts. It is uh, free to do so. It makes us feel nice. Uh, Patreon.com as well. Patreon.com slash NoteNugs, N-O-T-E-N-U-G-S, if that is your thing. All right, guys. Brady, Rogers. I know they don't actually play each other, but come on, we got we got to sell this thing, man. Get get those clicks. Enjoy the game, guys. Be well. Be safe. Uh, be nice to uh, people, and you know we will talk to you right after this game with our rapid reaction pod. So until then, see you guys later. Go pack, go.